in our lives. Isn't that true? Are we listening to ourselves? Are we listening to some professor, some religion, or whatever? The Bible says that if a man follows the blind man, that they'll both fall in the ditch. We want to make sure we're following what's right. It's good to see you, brother. Good to have you folks down here. Good to see you back, Ken. Glad you're feeling better. I sure miss our trombone player over here, Brother Blaine. I'm hoping that he's able to watch on Facebook Live, as all this is going on Facebook Live, and you can watch it either at the time of the services, or you can always go to our website, wbcugene.com, and catch it later on. In fact, all the FBF conference was uh, there on Facebook Live, and it's just starting to build up. It's kind of like our drawers, our houses. We start getting a lot of clutter in there, but pick and choose as God lays it on your heart to watch and be of help. I trust that we'll be fed well. I, my soul has been thrilled this morning, the songs about praising Him and then letting Him lead us. And you know what? <clears throat> Forty-eight people up here says, you know what? We want to engage souls for the kingdom. And all of us want that, I'm sure. All of us want that. And I thank the Lord that we can join together as a team in doing this. How important it is. Well, Matthew, if we turn in our Bibles there to uh, the uh, Scriptures, uh, chapter 7. 
We're going to be reading verses 20 through 24 through 27. How will your house do in the storm? How will your house do in the storm? Now, you truly want to know how your house is going to do before the storm comes. Would you not agree? And as I read this, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm uh, just convicted that there are things in my life that are shoring up my life in the way that it should go. Uh, one of those in that song that we just heard again is the strength of the master's hand. Uh, we heard in the verse this morning, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What I find that is I establish good habits of praise and prayer and building my life in the spiritual muscles that when Satan comes and tries to muscle in as a roaring lion or the storms that come and God allows those storms in my life. That there's substance there. There's reality there. I run across people all the time who have been Christians much of their lives. But they haven't built well. And when the storm comes, oh my, oh my, you don't want to test the structure in the middle of a storm, though the storm tests the structure, doesn't it? So we get into this portion of Scripture, we're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know how long we've been there, almost a year we've been in the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe that this portion of Scriptures here is a conclusion. In fact, he starts this conclusion by really giving a solemn warning and an invitation for us to examine ourselves as he talks about the two gates and the two ways, which both of them say, this way to heaven. We want to make sure... And I like what Pastor Nathan said, we learn three phrases that are good questions to ask someone where they're going to spend eternity. You know, sometimes we'll say, are you going to go to heaven? Well, 70% of America says they're going to heaven, or are you trusting in Jesus? And many people will say that. But the question that we can ask, how would you describe your relationship with God? That's a good question, isn't it? Those are soul-searching questions. That we can get away from the fluff of life, which is, hey, Ernie, how are you doing today? And Ernie said, man, I'm doing terrible. I've got these aches and pains, or I'm doing well. Those are surface questions, aren't they? And by the way, oftentimes in church, we are very surface. God wants us to get below the surface and to get into the heart of the matter. Where are we going to spend eternity? And so, how would you describe your relationship with God? And then, the next question is, what do you think it takes to have a relationship with God and to live with Him forever? That is a question that helps people to ponder, what do they think? And then they can express to you, and oftentimes we hear things that will prompt us maybe to give our testimony or then to ask this question, are you 100% sure that all of your sins are forgiven and that you will spend eternity in heaven? That's a good question too, isn't it? Where are we going to go? You see, we're on this journey and he talks about these gates there in verses 21 
and following, he's, he's saying we're on a journey. And basically, this journey is leading to a direction of a final judgment. Everyone is going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how you stand before him will be determined by the decisions that we make here in this life. And that's why the loving God gives choices to all of us. Aren't we glad for those choices? Yeah, you know, sometimes, I, I, Brother, Brother Frank, I, I wish I didn't have some choices. I wish God, and sometimes he does. Sometimes he takes me by the nap and neck and he says, Preacher, you better go this way. But sometimes he lets us fall down, doesn't he? How many have ever fell down? Can I see your hand? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just man does fall. Even a born-again believer, a Christian falls down, but the Bible says he what? He gets back up. Sometimes it takes time to get back up. Sometimes you don't see the master's hand reaching from the glories of heaven. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Set your affections on things above rather than on things of this world. And we get back up. These directions, this final judgment. Will I stand before Jesus Christ at that final judgment Dressed in the rags of my own righteousness? And let me tell you, they are rags according to Isaiah. Filthy rags. All of our good works are filthy rags. Can you imagine I stand before the King of Kings, the creator of the universe, standing there before him in what I think is good? Or will I exchange, hear me? That's what this conference is all about. Will I exchange my rags for his riches, for his righteousness? And then I stand before the king of kings, not dressed in my own robes, but in his robes. And God says, come on in to everlasting life. Amen to that and amen to that. And we can be 100% sure. As he goes on in this uh, final uh, invitation and asking us to examine ourselves. And by the way, it's very important for us to examine ourselves. Now, he says there's going to be coming in those uh, people in sheep's clothing. The Sermon on the Mount, understand that this greatest message is dealing with the difference between what's on the outside and what's on the inside. We can all shine up for church, can't we? We can put on a good act for different people, but God looks on the heart. He brought that out in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel when uh, they were picking, I think it was David, to be the next king. And they, they uh, says, hey, listen, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. What does he see in our hearts? Does he see us, those who are beggars who have cried out to God, say, come into my heart and save me? Or does he see someone trusting in their own good works? And then he goes into this, and I believe that this is how he's bringing this final <clears throat> paragraph, if I could say it that way. It is the final paragraph, verses uh, <clears throat> 21 through 29, a long paragraph, in fact, in the Greek language. And he brings out, and he says, Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, 
but he that doeth the will of my Father which is heaven. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy names, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then he will say unto them, depart from me, you cursed, I never knew you. Now, listen to me. This would be a great verse to use with people who, who claim to be a good person and good enough to get into heaven. Right? There's a lot of people out there like that. This would be a good verse. Remember where this is. Because what we see here is <clears throat> that even in this profession of calling him Lord, Lord, and no matter how remarkable... The works are, and here casting out devils and wonderful things, and there were a lot of things taking place, it will not bring us to heaven. Because what do we see in this passage? They are trusting in their works. They're trusting in what they've accomplished rather than in the grace of God. That's what's missing. Trusting in who Christ is and what Christ has done. The gospel, the good news. And sometimes in church, we get busy. And sometimes we're doing things and we go on mission trips. You, you notice here that says it refers to we here. We've done these wonderful works. You know, I, I encourage us. I, I know this week has been an exhausting week. And, and to all of us, we can get busy in serving the Lord. In fact, we told those that are in the exchange, it says, listen, if, if you want to... to and you can have a Bible study and someone wants to go through those four lessons with you, take Wednesday night and do it. Take Sunday night and do it. Because we're all fairly busy. Is that not correct? You know, it's amazing to me how much technology we have and yet we are so busy. I have to ask myself, has our technology created another level of busyness? We need to be about the main theme, the theme of themes, and that is spreading the gospel. And so we need to make sure we are taking time for people. Amen to that? Because we can get busy. And uh, You know, I felt I got up an hour late this morning. Oh, my soul. I, I, I got this new watch, and it tells me how well I'm sleeping, and I, I'm looking at that, and, and, it, and it says, man, I'm sleeping really well. I go into such a deep sleep that, man, an earthquake could happen, our house could burn down, and I would still be sleeping, you know. But I sometimes wake up tired from even that. We get busy, but you know what? It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity. Charity is a great word, isn't it? It is a great word, because charity is giving to somebody else, expecting nothing in return. This is the word agape love. But in our King James Bible, it does refer to it as charity. I am become as sounding brass. Boy, I tell you what. If I play my horn over here and don't have love in my heart for what I'm doing, I'm just sounding brass. Tinkling cymbals. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith, in my, listen, I believe that Paul is writing to born-again believers now. Does that make sense? And we're busy, and we're engaged, and we're doing these things. And we can get so busy so that I could remove mountains and 
and I don't have charity, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. I want us to ponder that. Uh, this is about people that are busy. Some of them are saved and some of them aren't. We need to know and understand what course and what life we are living and why we're living the life that we are. And then he comes down to verses 24 and uh, through 27. Let's read it together. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. Okay. What, he, this is the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. And, and he's saying here, hey, listen, I have given you now seven chapters. It wasn't seven chapters when it was given. About a um, less than a 15-minute message. If we were to read it, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, he will be likened unto a man, a wise man, who builds his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Woo, glory! Amen and amen. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and uh, does not do them, If I get it changed up there, there we go. Does not do them. Shall be likened unto a, what kind of a man? Foolish. He built his house upon the sand. And the rains descend and the floods came and the winds blew. And they beat upon that house. And it, what did it do? It fell. And then it says, and what? Great was. The fall of it. He reemphasizes. Now listen to me. <clears throat> the Sermon on the Mount is not about how to get to heaven, though there are aspects of it that helps us to sort out some of that. The Sermon on the Mount is basically written to those who will be following Christ, coming to church, hearing messages. Does that make sense? And so we have to understand here that as I were to take this this is not necessarily about going to hell because you didn't have everything in place in order here. But he's bringing out a big picture here that can encompass that for sure. But he's also bringing out this aspect that even as a born-again believer, your house can fall down. It can burn up. It can be destroyed. And so we want to look at this in the similarities of these two. Did you, did you catch some of the similarities of the two? And then the differences of the two. <clears throat> Both of them <clears throat> heard. Right? Both of them heard. I dare say that all of these folks probably were in church. They heard. It is a privilege to be in church. It is a privilege to get into our devotions on a daily basis. It is a privilege to hear his voice as he talks to us. And we walk with him. Here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 16 and 17, it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. They listen. That's what the word hear means. They listen. 
For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. He's talking about those of the Old Testament that they knew about the coming of the Lord, but yet they didn't have the privilege to see him and to hear him. And Jesus has given this to all those who are out there. We get to hear, we get to see, we get to follow what's in this book. Amen to that. What a privilege. I hope, I hope that church isn't just about coming and getting up and getting the shoes on the kids and running in and getting running out and life goes on. I hope that we are excited about the Word of God. This morning, and it just, Pastor Nathan, it killed me to get up an hour late this morning. It really did. Because I felt like I had to to read the scriptures, and I had to pray a little bit quicker because time, I, today, I have a deadline. I've got to be there. And as I was sitting there reading my Bible, I said, oh, Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful Bible. What a wonderful book we get to read. The privilege to hear. So we see the similarities here. They both heard. They both desired to build a house. Would you not agree? And they could have been some mansions. They could have been so beautiful. This, by the way, is the external. This is what you and I see in people's life. Both of them had storms. Yes or no? Don't, don't get it in your head that if I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, if I go to church, if I get into the Bible, that I'm not going to have storms in my life. You will. Now, the blessings of the storm, Mike. Boy, it was wonderful, profound what you said yesterday at our coffee time. You said, you know, it was through those times that I went through that I discovered the reality of my faith in Christ. And it is the storms of life that keeps us in dependence of Him. Yes or no? And so don't throw out the storms. They are to help expose what needs to be corrected. They are to help us to understand how sure our life is in Christ. I think most of us, as uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says, that uh, the troubles of life are... Not joyous at the time, but they work in us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. So both of them go through the storm. But then it is the storm that shows the difference. Now, pay attention. Saved or lost. Saved or lost. The storm shows the difference. To someone who is not saved, the storms of life will crush their life. And there are many of people who are going out there that are cursing God for the troubles they go through in their lives. That shows that they don't have a faith in Jesus Christ or in God. But we as born-again believers, those that know Jesus as their Savior, how do we respond in the storms of life? Do we crumble? Do we fall? Do we start doing things that we shouldn't be doing? They're going to come. Mark it down. And so the difference is, and, and here in, in Luke, uh, it gives the same idea. And by the way, verse 46 says, why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things that I say? Because, see, that's one of the great differences that's out there is that people are not doing what God tells them to do. God has the prescription for success in life and eternal life. Do we believe that? 
He says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show that he is like to this man that builds his house and he digs deep. A little bit different there, isn't it? Digs deep. You know, sometimes we can be in a rush to accomplish a job. You know, sometimes I've said, Lord, why does it take 38 years for me to learn some of these things? Have you discovered that God is, is, is methodical in how he's building our lives? He knows what he's doing. And whatever happens in my life, he knows and he's in control. Digs deep. Now, I'm the kind of person that likes to rush and get a job done. Anybody else like that out there? We're kind of in that society also. Immediate. Let's get it done. Let's put it in the microwave. Let's nuke the thing. I love buying Rust-Oleum so I can paint over rust. However, it doesn't always turn out well. Sometimes we're that way. We rush into these things. But this person, he digs deep and he lays this foundation on a rock. Interesting, isn't it? He lays the foundation on the rock. The rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that Jesus Christ is the foundation also. But it's solid. And then the floods came and the streams beat. Boy, it sounds like you're in Oregon. And, 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 and that house, it says, and could not, what? Shake it. Don't fall apart. Listen, my friends, I've run into so many Christians that now in the latter parts of their lives, around their journey, the storms have beat vehemently. And they fall apart because they've not built their life well. I can't tell you how many young or old people that I've counseled with that are struggling so much in their life because of what they're going through at the present. You see, this going to church stuff or reading my Bible stuff or praising God stuff is not stuff. It's substance that builds your life solid. And the old devil puts out there things that drag us away. But he mark, you mark it down. The storms are coming. And many of us have gone through storms. Dig deep. Build your life there. But he that heareth and does not do them. Is like a man. So listen, when we come to church and we hear, but if we don't go out and do it, this is the big difference here, isn't it? We can have all kinds of head knowledge. The preacher gets up there and acts like a crazy man. We go out of church unchanged. We go from our devotions unchanged. We go through the storms. And he says he is like a man. He's like a man without a foundation. He built his house upon the earth. 
and against which the streams did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I don't know why we don't go out and do what God asks us to do. Luke eleven twenty eight says, but he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. God wants us to be doers of the word. He tells his disciples there after he had washed the feet. Feet? I guess that's uh, feet. <laughs> oh, boy, the English around here. Uh, after he'd washed their feet, he says, you know what? If you know this and you go out and do this, happy are you. Do you know it is a joy to serve Jesus? Somehow in our minds we get the idea that all the selfish things that we do bring greater joy than giving of ourselves and serving others. Jesus knows what will bring happiness and joy. In Ezekiel, interesting passage, verse 30, uh, chapter 33, verses 30 through 31. Everyone uh, to his brother saying, come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh uh, forth from the Lord. And they come unto thee as a people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, and they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. You could put that, change that word from covetousness to selfishness. Craving things, having a desire for things that we should not be having. May God help us to understand what a blessing it is to lay up the store for them a good foundation against the time to come. And he's talking about now in eternity that we've laid hold. In other words, that idea of laying hold is we've grasped the fact that this life is not all there is. We're going to die someday and spend eternity in heaven. And we can lay in store the life that we've lived here. But when we get there, we get to enjoy the rewards of eternity what God has for us. But he that doeth the words, excuse me, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now again, these passages, are they written to lost people or Christian people? They're written to Christians. This is an admonition to all of us. We're deceiving ourselves. We can feel like, man, I've come to church and I've been there faithful and all this. Listen, he got, wants us, yes, to be a hearer of the word, but if you're not a doer, you're likened unto somebody that will hold his face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. Boy, that could be a complete another passage. May God help us to build our lives upon the foundation. There's no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Christ. Do you have your life founded on the rock? Have you built that good foundation upon Jesus Christ? Have you brought the things into your life that bring the spiritual success so that when the bottle is tipped over through the storms and struggles of life, it stands? You don't want to find out in the storms that you have just been building upon the sands of life. 
build your life upon Jesus Christ. You know, one interesting thing, and we're going to close here. We see both of these folks in church. We see them uh, wanting to pursue the Lord. One man wants the power of the resurrection of his life. He wants the fellowship of his suffering. He's wanting to, to discover more about God. We find this throughout the scriptures, both of them here. But the man that built his house upon the rock is the one who goes out and he acts upon what he hears. It actually confirms that truth in his own life. Go back to Matthew. I just want to bring out one word here for you. He says, <clears throat> in verse 25, got it there? And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house. He's referring to good, godly, Bible-believing, Bible-practicing Christians. Yes or no? He says, and it, what? Fell not. You know, oftentimes the test shows me there's a weakness in my life I need to change. Can we actually start looking for how God's trying to use what we're going through to better our lives for his glory? The reason it fell not, because it was what? Founded. Founded. Upon a rock. You know, Pastor Nathan, this is an interesting word. Uh, for those, Gary, sometimes you look up the Greek language. And, and we've been looking at the Greek language. The tense that's used here, Brother Ernie, is a rare tense in the Greek language. It is the pluperfect tense. Isn't that right, Pastor Nathan? That's a very rare use of the word. Perfect tense is used over and over again. That is the tense of our salvation. In other words, something happens and we're going on because of what happened. The pluperfect tense found it. It's going on. You got saved and it's going on. And you hit the storm and your house doesn't fall because it's founded. The pluperfect tense is the reason you are here today is as you can look back to that moment of your salvation and it confirms that you put your faith in Christ and you're here today because your life has been founded upon Jesus Christ. The pluperfect tense is a testimony to you as you look back and you see what has happened in your life. You can keep on going and the house won't fall. Amen to that? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You look at your life. You look at your life. Christian or non-Christian or saved or not saved or those that have a relationship with God. Storms are coming. We hear today. We've heard today. What are we going to do with what we've heard today? How has God spoke to our hearts? And so quickly. So quickly. Maybe this morning you're going through a storm and you need to just ask God to help and encourage. We want to pray for one another. But I want to look at my life and I want to make sure that I have the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I have been born again. I know I'm going to heaven because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done. That's the rock. That's the foundation. And it's solid. The foundation never is destroyed. 
if the foundation is there. Oh, the house can crumble. <laughs> and uh, maybe it has for you. Or maybe it hasn't. Maybe this morning God has just spoke to your heart that, you know, when troubles come in my life, the storms beat upon me vehemently, I fall apart. Maybe this morning you need to say, God, there's something missing. And this morning I realize that you allow the storms in my life because you want to build a testimony for your glory and the house not to fall apart. I can't tell you how when I was on vacation running across people, been saved for a long period of time, but never had been growing in that relationship with God. And even though the outward success and the beauty of what was going on in their lives, inside, they were missing so much of godly principles and strength. You know, we can be a show here at church. Even a preacher can be a show. The storms, the storms will show us you know, when we went through this building project, God showed me my lack of faith, my lack of patience. You see, we need to discover those things because if we don't know what's going on in our lives, we'll never correct them. The storms are coming, my friends. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, put your trust in the Lord right now. Right where you said, oh God, I want to trust you. I want to exchange my rags of my own good works for your robe of righteousness. I want to put my trust in you, the solid rock. Do that right now. If you want someone to maybe go through that four-lesson study or you want to have more information, please see us before you leave, and we'll do that. Or give us a call or email us. We want people to know where they stand. Say, I'm not really certain. I'm not 100% certain. Man, I tell you what, we want you to be. We'd like to come alongside and encourage you to build that solid foundation. Solid foundation. And then maybe God spoke to your heart this morning about just some things that are taking place. I wonder if God's made and helped you with some decisions today. God shows you some things and you say, you know what, Pastor? I not only have heard, and God has spoke to my heart, but I want to be a doer of the word as well. Would you slip your hand up? This morning, God has spoke to me about some things, and I want to be a doer of the word as well. Listen, this preacher's raising his hand too, because I often find that when the storms come, there's a shakiness that goes on, and I need to continue to grow and build my life, and I want to keep looking to my rock and discover the rock that is higher than I. Father, I thank you for the decisions and those that have been spoken to us. We give this invitation now. Lord, I pray that we'll just, uh, just learn and grow and continue to make the right decisions for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing on Christ the solid rock our stand. Brother, do you come up here and lead us, would you please lead us in this song? And as we have an invitation, we'll sing just this first verse. You respond as God would have you to do so.
when you find going through the storms and you sense the presence of God and his hands of help, it'll thrill your soul. And don't ever take that for granted either. We can have a peace that passes all understanding. Amen to that? Did you learn something this morning? You think about that blue perfect. You say, man, I know something that most people don't know. It's the blue perfect. Found it. Wow, I see it. I see my life. I see what's been a part of my life. I don't take strength in who I am and where I am. Catch it? I take strength in the solid rock and how he has built my life. And I can see how he's built my life. And listen, I wouldn't change anything of my life. I have no regrets. There have been the storms and the struggles, but I have no regret. And you won't either. Let your life grow for God's glory. Amen and amen. Well, we got some folks that are being joined in our church, and I think they're here. Chris and Deanne, right over here. Reed, if you'll raise your hand over there. If you're glad for them joining Westside Baptist Church, say amen. amen. To join Westside Baptist Church, you need to be saved. Born again, baptized, and go through. Not baptized necessarily here at our church, but baptized following the Lord. We're going to be having, by the way, a baptism on Easter Sunday morning. If you've never followed the Lord in obedience of baptism, please let us know that. That'll be on Easter Sunday morning. Uh, we're excited about that. And then going through an orientation, you discover what Westside's all about. We believe it's important for you to figure out what a church believes before you, you join it. Then we've got our... Uh, are they taking pictures today? Yeah, taking pictures today. That'll be after our Sunday school this morning. We've got no service tonight. Take note of that. You can show up, though. But well, listen, don't waste. Don't waste. Don't waste tonight. All right? Get with someone. I encourage you, go out to lunch, let them pay for it, and enjoy yourself this afternoon. All right? We've got a wonderful Sunday school next Saturday. We've got... Uh, the uh, uh, work day at 8.30. I mean, we only have two work days around here unless we call for other work days. we got a lot to do. I've looked at the weather, and just like always, the weather is always right, and it's supposed to be sunny next week. Amen to that. Show up for that work day. And then Evangelism Day the following week, getting ready for Easter, and updating the information, and then the enrollment for FBI this week. We're going to sing the last verse of the solid rock. I want us to go out rejoicing and going to our Sunday schools, believing and trusting in that solid rock. Amen. Bernie, are you still up here? You can lead us. Amen. Thank you, sir. When he shall come with trumpets.